besties. Welcome back. It's me, Alex. And it's me, Lauren. It's me, Lauren, and me, Alex, and we're me besties. <laughs> we're glad that you're here today for another exciting episode of our podcast. Yes, we are, we're your besties, if you didn't notice. Hi, I'm Alex, and uh, we already introduced ourselves. It's really upsetting that as best friends, you don't remember my name. Wait a second. Let's slow it down. Why? We already went through, you did the intro. Okay. You introduced yourself. You told them we were besties. And we're going to read the Bible. And we're going to read the Bible. That's the last one. We're going to read Fine. the Bible. We're going to read gonna, the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. You're going to tell I'm going to remember Bible. the Bible. You're going to creatively tell a Bible story. As I recall. And today, that story has to do with our brother Joseph. Yes. But today's story is a little different. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to flip the script on you today. Today's story is going to be told from the perspective of a long lost character you may recall from a few episodes back named Reuben. That's corned beef sandwich boy. He was uh, one of Joseph's brothers. Yeah. And he seemed the one like who wasn't that cool with them just abandoning Joseph in a pit after they beat the snot out of him. So today's story picks up, as you remember, um, Lauren, what happened before? So some context first. Joseph had dreams, you might remember from those episodes, where his brothers were bowing down before him. The brothers found him annoying. They threw him in a pit. They left him to die. They had no clue that he did not die. They went back to their father, made up a story with his coat with animals' blood on it that, that, that he had died. Father goes into grieving, into mourning. But meanwhile, he's picked up by a caravan of people and he's taken to the land of Egypt. And through a strange turn of events, Joseph finds himself uh, going from prisoner to second in command of all of Egypt. He's put in charge Everything. of securing enough grain to last a famine. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Mm-hmm. He's in charge. He's feeling great. It's like he his second um, awakening of Joseph's life Joseph, and career. Joseph, the fancy manager, is yeah. back on top. And if, the, yeah, if you remember him getting like dressed up and last oh, time. Oh, how the tables have turned. He's doing great. How the tables have turned because Joseph's brothers and his family, um, they're experiencing the uh, plight of the famine. Right. They're and, all being affected. And so that's where the story picks up. It ain't a regional up. famine. That's where the story picks up today. Okay. So today's story, let's start. Let's go back to the old uh, uh, Jacob homestead. Back on the farm to Reuben. Reuben is chatting with his brothers at the water cooler. You remember the water cooler where they used to gripe about, um, about, uh, Joseph. They're sitting there and, uh, things look pretty rough. It's kind of like post-apocalyptic. There's a lot of tumbleweeds, the floors, a mess, the microwave where they heat up their lunches. Despicable. If you recall, you will remember that was something that Joseph didn't take too kindly oh, to remember. Right. Like, clean up. That's what he's thinking of. He's sitting there with his brother at the water cooler. And he's like, you know what, man? I, you ever wonder if what happened with Joseph was like perhaps the worst thing you've ever done in your life? And he's like, uh, probably. I mean, it's definitely uh, near the top. And he goes, you know, after it happened, you know, it was like seven years of plenty. You know, like things were going good for seven years, but that microwave kept getting more and more dirty (laughs) is what I noticed. And uh, I started to miss him. Even in the time of plenty, floors started getting kind of dusty. Admittedly, I kind of did miss the breaks from the work, listening to him talk about his weird dreams and then dogging on with you guys. But uh, 
these past few 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 months of this famine are getting real bad and i'm i'm starting to think perhaps we uh we are getting punished for um for what we did his brother's like yeah for sure man could be the case uh, but what are you gonna do i mean he's gone he's dead what do you want to do and he goes i don't know i don't know how we're gonna make this thing work where are we supposed to eat man i got kids you got kids we all got kids he's like he's always going to egypt we can go to egypt man you know, I heard they're doing good. He goes, yeah, because they had heard rumor that coincidentally, uh, right, right after, not too long after Joseph, they fired their manager by throwing him into a hole. Um, rumor was there was a new manager in Egypt land who ran a real tight ship and had gotten things in order. And rumor was there was grain to be had in Egypt. The people weren't starving there. So maybe. Just maybe they have a shot to head to Egypt land with all the money they can get and dig themselves out of this hole. Maybe get some food, feed their family. And he's like, well, I mean, it's always, it's always worth a shot. Let's do it, bro. And Ruben's like, okay, okay, let's, uh, let's go talk to dad. See if we can get a little envoy together. He's always been pretty good with words. Maybe he can come with us and make a case for us. So they go and they're like, dad, we're thinking of heading to Egypt. As you noticed, uh, things have kind of fallen into disrepair here, and there's not there's nothing growing. He goes, "Oh yeah, I remember the good old days when Joseph would have would have managed just right out of this." Uh, he's like, "Yeah, we know, Dad. It's terrible what happened to him." Ugh. So uh, we're gonna head to Egypt. You want to go? And he's like, "No, just just who are you thinking, Ruben? You and your brother?" He goes, "Yeah, well, I'm thinking all of us go. Let's make a plate, right? We can all buy some because they're not gonna let me buy enough for twelve families." I he's can't like, carry it all. Yeah, and he goes, "So we're gonna go as like a big like convoy, and we're gonna bring it back." And he goes, "Well, as much as I I, I appreciate your ingenuity, I'm gonna have to say no on Benjamin because I don't know if you know, our family has a bit of an antiquated uh, understanding of the Egyptian people. We have a bad reputation." Uh, we've lied to pharaohs in the past. Grandpa did. Um, and uh, I was just, I'm thinking maybe we just keep Benjamin back. You guys go. And if they remember that and decide to kill you guys, at least I got Benjamin. And they're like, wow, pretty dark, Dad. Uh, <laughs> wow. So you're going to keep Benjamin? He's like, yeah, that'd be the wisest thing. Because I, I don't, your grandpa like straight up lied to the pharaoh in a big way. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is a very funny story. Go back to episode, like, I don't remember what, but it's there. Anyways, um, so they do. They set off on this journey, and on the way, he's just, like, dreading it. Like, man, I really hope we get food out of this deal. Man, I really hope they don't throw us in jail when we get there. Man, I really hope Pharaoh's new manager is, like, reasonable. Man, I really hope Joseph's whole murder thing doesn't come back to haunt us. Hope this isn't a punishment from God. This seems like something God would do. Oh, gosh. So they get there. They roll up onto Egypt land. They're going through the gates, and they're noticing everyone around there is pretty well fed. It's not, like, crazy, but everyone there is doing good, and their brothers are looking around going, like, you know what? This great and terrible manager they got is uh, pretty good. Like, look at this city. It's great. And they're like, yeah, it does look a little different than our own. Well, that's what we're going to make a plight. I say we go up there. We just be dead honest with him. We're a bunch of country idiots who need help because we thought we could do this on our own, but we're fools and we need the great and terrible Pharaoh's manager to bail us out. 
I feel like if we're real honest, real contrite about it, he'll help us out. And they're like, dude, I can grovel with the best of them, bro. He goes, all right, let's do it. So they get in line and they're waiting to speak to this manager. And people are coming out, you know, oh, man, great prices. This guy's real reasonable. And they're like, this is sounding real good. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do we know about this guy? And they're like, well, I don't know, ask around. They, the guy from it, like, hey, buddy, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from the outskirts of town. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and he goes, oh, yeah, it's all foul out there, too. So I come in here and buy grain all the time, come in here uh, every couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, what are, you, what are you guys doing for? And he's like, same thing. Yeah, going to buy some grain. So you've dealt with this guy before. He goes, oh, the manager of Ferris Affairs. Yeah, guy's great. Guys, we're all great. Love flamboyant. Love flamboyant, if I'm being real honest with you. Wears a lot of ornamental, uh, I'd say, how do I describe his look? <laughs> That's probably the most jarring thing about him, is his look is, <sighs> you ever been to Vegas? <laughs> you're like, you're like uh, my dad was, he was in a fight one time there with his brother. They're like, Oh, prize fighter. Cool. You guys fight? No, it's not not like that. What, what do you mean Vegas? Oh, show us there. Yeah, so he wears a lot of really decorative clothes and like feathers and boas. He's just, he's a real fancy boy. Like real fancy. Honest though, if I'm being frank. He's kind of pompous, but he does run a tight ship. I mean, I've been eating ever since. He's real reasonable. And they're like, yeah. So uh, pompous. Fancy dressed, good manager, huh? <laughs> yeah, we know a bit about that, <laughs> don't we, boys? And they're like, "Yeah, what a jerk!" And they're like, "Well, no, no, he's great. He's great. You'll see him. It's gonna be. You're gonna. You're gonna love him." Oh, hey, I gotta go, guys. I gotta make my request. Good luck. So he goes in, and they're waiting for their shot in front of him. Like, okay, remember humility, like really contrite, perfect honesty. We don't want any trouble. He's never met us before. Door open. Hey, Dolphin, great discounts this week, guys. Good luck in there. Uh, don't talk about his clothes. He gets real defensive about it. They're like, okay. So they come in and they see it, the big chair, right? Guards on both sides. And there is perhaps the fanciest boy they've ever seen in their life. I mean, fancier than Joseph, which is saying something. Like, they're looking at this guy and immediately are struck by, oh my gosh, this is the most... I mean, you know, Lauren, you know, Johnny Depp wears a lot of accessories. You ever know? You notice that guy? Yeah. No, I'm not like, not like Prince. I'm talking like lots of bracelets, lots of rings on his fingers. It's not scarf weather, but he's wearing one. And that's what this guy is wearing. He is just so dang rich and fancy. So they're like, oh my God. Because their country sensibilities don't know what to make of this level of (laughs) cosmopolitan fashion sense. But they remember what the guy said. And they're like, wait, don't stare at his clothes. So they like avert their eyes. Humility time. They just draw closer, looking like a bunch of loser peasants. And they bow down and they're like, "Uh, hello, Mr. Manager. Uh, we heard you had grain and we are but meager farmers from the outskirts from long journey away. And we're here. I am one of 12 sons, one who has now gone. We are 11 sons. Gosh. Um, and we need food for our families and we would be so deeply honored if you would dig us out of this pit we dug ourselves in and 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 uh and help us with some food we have many treasures we're willing to deal with if you would be so and you just hear like this kind of like 
silence from the guy in the chair. The the guy in the chair is now whispering to his guards something. We don't, we can't hear it. But he is just like really, there's like an urgency in what he's saying. And the voice of the manager finally happens. I mean, it feels like it's silence for everybody. He goes, you come here for grain, you say. And they're like, what is wrong with his <laughs> voice? Like, it sounds like he's almost disguising his voice. And they're like, what? And he goes, oh, you come here for grain, you say. And they're like, yes, great and powerful manager of Pharaoh. And it's like, oh, well, I worry you're coming here as spies. And they're like, They've realized they've misstepped somehow. The guy before him just walked in, walked out. But for whatever reason, this conversation he's had with his guards have meant to put him on edge. And he's just accused them of being spies. Mm. And Reuben is scared to death and goes, no, sir. No, not spies. He begins to look his head, lift his head to look at it. He's like, about your eyes from mine and answer my questions. Are you a spy? And they're like, no. Really, we are twelve. We are twelve sons. One of them's gone. Okay, two of them's gone, and one's at home. And we are here just asking for your help. We threw yourself at your mercy. We're just asking if we could buy some grain. And he goes, "Tell me, why do you come here to attack my people and assess our poverty in the midst of this great famine? How have you thought you could slip by our defenses? You will be tried. You will be sentenced. And they're like, dude, for real, this is going very bad for no reason. This just seems to be going so sour. And they're like, please, no. We, like, please. He goes, how am I to believe anything you say about this great family in the distance? Tell me, where are your brothers now? It's like, one died, like we said. One is back home, just in case you kill us so our dad doesn't have any offspring. Like, please, you get it. Like, we're, honestly, we're, he goes, I have an idea. Why don't you think about this? In jail! And he throws them in jail. Like, it's going so bad. This this manager they heard so much about. One, his voice doesn't match his look. Two, his, like, he's not fair and just like everyone had been saying. So they're in jail, like, losing their mind. And they get a representative from him who's like, yo, here's the deal. Pharaoh's manager does not trust you. He wants you, if you're up to it, to prove your innocence by going back home, scooping up Benjamin, and bringing him back here. And they're like, we can do that. Please. We will bring him. Oh, my gosh. Please don't kill us or execute us here. We have families. He's like, right. And to make sure you come back, we will be keeping your youngest brother present. And they're like, oh, gosh. Um, is that a de- like, that's a deal breaker? He's like, yeah, dude. That's what the manager said. And they're like. Uh, can we talk to him? He's like, tomorrow. And then three days later, they get to talk to him. And they're like, hi, so is the deal still on the table? And he's like, yes, bring me your baby brother, Benjamin, and I will keep track of Simeon. And they immediately get a little extra scared. 
because Ruben just heard him say it. He knows who Simeon is. One, how's this great and terrible Oz figure know all their names right. already? Like, he's done his research. He's got eyes. He's got spies. He's got birds. He's got spiders. They're everywhere. And they're like, dude, I don't think they talk. They're like, here's what we do. We bounce. We go home. We talk to dad. We see what we can do. Because fact is, he knows who we are. He knows somehow. He knows everything about us. He knows about our dad. He knows everything. I say we we go for it. And they're like, uh, yes, great and powerful Oz. Uh, we'd like to um, make that deal. Thank you. We'll go now. And he goes, oh, not without your grain, you won't. And they're like, oh. Now you're really confused. Okay, <laughs> now I don't get it. And they're like, oh, yes, you will have your grain. You can buy your grain. But unless you bring back your brother, I will hunt you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> and they're like so spooked. They're like, dude, if we aren't cursed by the death of Joseph, this is clear. This is it. And while they're talking about this, he's they hear like the manager just like cackling or <laughs> making some noise. They don't know. He's weird, but you don't look at him. Apparently that's strike one you know for all we know he's treating them like this because they walked in and had a sour look on their face at his whole appearance and they were warned don't make fun of his clothes so anyways they decide to go home they get on the road they've got all this food and they're walking back and one of the brothers is like you know man uh worse comes to worse we got uh we got a lot of food here i mean sure simeon's gone uh, but you know we got it we can eat and they're like dude we're not ruben's like we're not gonna not come back did you, that dude knew who we were. We're going to, we're, look, we're lucky we were able to buy this. Two, we're lucky he let us go. Three, we would be idiots to not bring back Benjamin. We're somehow going to have to let dad let us take a third son away from him because he's definitely not going to be pleased about Simeon. <sighs> Let's go. Let's just hit the roads, pay the tab. Let's just go. Like, fine. We don't have much money yet. Truth. We don't have much money left. And they go to their bags and it's full of cash. This creep manager <laughs> loaded their bags with cash and grain. They don't know what to believe. They're scared because they're like, okay, now I'm starting to think if we do come back into town, he's going to claim we stole the grain. This is how he's going to get the Pharaoh to like have us execute. Good Lord, man. What are we going to do? Reuben is like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to go home. We're left with no choice. We we walked into this eye of madness. We're going to have to do it. So they get home. They tell their dad the whole story. He's terrified because he's like, great, thanks. You killed Simeon. Simeon's gone now because you left him with a mad manager who dresses like a flamenco dancer. And they're like, no, we can't come back. He's like, you think I'm going to let you take another kid to this madman? Hi, last time. You, you know what? I'm getting this is this is this is this is how Jacob probably responds. You know what, fellas? If you think I'm going to let you walk off with another son, it seems like every time you guys go off into the desert, I come back with one less son. I'm not giving you another one because you're going to lose three. How dare you? How dare you ask us of me? And that's when the phone rings. I know. You're like, what in the Bible? That doesn't happen. Anyways, the phone rings and it's the creepy manager's like, I want your baby Benji brought to me or Simeon will die. And they're like, Dad, no joke. We either get them both back or Simeon's defo dead. And he's like, uh, fine, fine, go, fine, go, bring them back and pay them, pay them for the grain. That was the craziest thing. How you guys ended up getting it without paying. Like, oh my gosh, we did. He put it back. And he's like, 
well, now you're going to get executed for stealing. He goes, I don't know what to do, Dad. This is it. So Reuben's stuck. Reuben's stuck. And that's what happens. He comes back. He shows up at Egypt land. And this time he's brought all the fat stacks of cash. And he's brought Benjamin. And that's when our story. And that's where our story wraps up today. It's going to pick back up next time with the crazy new manager who we all know who it really is. All secrets will be revealed. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Since we're besties now, could you do us a favor? Visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and visit us at BibleBesties.com for exclusive content. <laughs>